Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Happy Tuesday. This is Tracy Rubin. Welcome back to the podcast. For today, I want to spend some time talking about goal setting and preparing for annual reviews. So the first thing is I want to share a personal anecdote on goal setting. Actually, when I was preparing myself for recording this episode, um, which I, I do in advance, I write down my ideas, I have a whiteboard, I have my iPad, I just write them down wherever I am when I think of an idea. And when I was in my iPad writing down my ideas for today, I actually stumbled upon notes from 2018 and 2019. And in 2018, I had a note dedicated to podcast ideas. And I think I shared this on like the first couple episodes that podcasting was something that I had really wanted to do for quite some time. And although I knew that because I was thinking it, I didn't realize that I actually like wrote it down and put that extra thought into it. I thought it was really more of just kind of, you know, my imagination running off and realizing that this was something that I wanted to do, but I actually wrote it down. So 2018, wrote it down. The ideas that I had don't feel like very good ideas, but they were interesting to read. And the note from 2019 was titled 2020 Goals. And I wrote that note one year ago exactly from the day that I was writing notes in my iPad for today's podcast. So I opened the note and I kid you not, the goals, all of them, I achieved this year in 2020. One of them was to start a podcast and actually some of the ideas that I wrote down are very similar to what I'm doing on this podcast. They're not exactly fleshed out the way that I fleshed out this idea, but they were clearly kind of like the start of the snowball effect. And then some of the other goals were more personal, but it was really exciting to see that I had actually achieved every single goal that I set for myself in 2020. And actually, I don't even remember setting the goals, which I think is a bad thing, because really when you set a goal, you should come back to it. But I forgot that I wrote these down. I think I was playing with my Apple Pencil and I was just like, ooh, this is something fun to do. But I wrote down all of these goals and I don't know if it was subconsciously, I don't know if I was just manifesting my goals, but I achieved all of them. So as you could imagine, when I stumbled upon these notes, I kind of like bugged out. I started sending screenshots and videos to my sister and my mom and my dad. So clearly there is something very productive about writing down our goals, whether it's manifestation and you believe in that, or whether it's just writing them down so that you have a focus on specific actionable items and things that you want to achieve. And all of this, this whole moment in time inspired me for this week's podcast. I was already thinking about discussing the annual review process and how to prepare for it. Um, but this whole moment in time just really got me thinking about how we set goals and how much that impacts the annual review process. It's December. Most companies do their annual review processes in the start of the new year because you've obviously closed out a year of performance and it's now behind you. 
I imagine that the 2020 goals that I had that then changed a bit will actually end up rolling over into 2021. So I'm fully prepared to take some of those goals with me um, into 2021 as I prepare for my annual review. So I assume that not every company has a formal annual review process. However, many, many, many companies, and I would say most, have some kind of annual review process, whether it's just a moment to evaluate whether you're eligible for a merit increase or just a look back on the previous year. Maybe it's a formal process. If you are a current student, this might not be as applicable to you, or if you've just recently graduated, you're looking for a new job, um, might not be totally applicable right now. However, I do think that this will still be an episode that will give you relevant tips that you can keep in mind as you jump into your new careers. Um, And even like as a student, when it comes to like goal setting, as just an individual person, goal setting, I think is a really important skill to have. So we all at some point have probably heard about SMARKLES. SMART is an acronym for setting goals in a way that best sets us up for success, essentially. And so SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Based. So I have to be honest, sometimes when I look at the SMART criteria or like SMART goals, I kind of am like, are people really going to use this as a way to set goals? But we do. And I cringe sometimes just because like as much as I love acronyms, I also think that goal setting can sometimes just be exactly that, setting a goal. And then you come back to it. Like I don't know that it's so productive to have all of these goals and then sit down and assign the SMART criteria right away. I'm actually a big proponent of you have an idea, you have a goal, write it down, record your voice, put it in your phone, like have a notepad next to your bed, whatever it takes to get all of those ideas down. And then where those ideas actually become goals, in order to break down and flesh them out, then you assign the SMART criteria. So Let's take the example that I provided earlier in this episode around my 2020 goals that I wrote down back in 2019. So looking at the first goal that I wrote down, which was start a podcast, I didn't fully flesh out the SMART goal, which could have led to me failing at that goal, right? So we'll break down what I did and what could have made the idea better. So start a podcast. I wrote down some ideas, which are specific. In terms of measurable, I did write, like, how can we, or how can I actually record? How will I know that it's a successful podcast? So it's kind of like a stream of consciousness, how it's written out. Um, But the measurable piece there is a bit lacking. Attainable, totally attainable, right? It's a podcast. All I needed was a mic and my computer. Relevant. My ideas were really where the relevance, I think, comes in and how it's relevant to my life. So starting a podcast with relevant ideas, relevant, um, a relevant approach all kind of makes sense. Actually, one of the things that I wrote down after start a podcast was to graduate from grad school. That happened. And actually, I don't know that I would have started a podcast before that. When it comes to the time-based element of the SMART goal, actually, I think that what I could have done was 
assign a timeline. So like post-graduation, which is essentially what I ended up doing. So if I had this goal of start a podcast and I had actually assigned the SMART criteria when I was writing this down, the specifics, I would have kept the same. The ideas, how I want to do it, what I want to do, what I want to speak about, and how I could leverage this as a way to further, you know, even just like my personal interests, like most of the ideas that I wrote down were about HR and my career, which I think is really interesting. For the measurable piece of the SMART goal, I think what I could have written down was a broken out or fleshed out goal. So instead of start a podcast, maybe it's start a successful podcast so that the successful part is the piece that's measured. So what determines success for me? I want to be on a top chart. I actually just found out that I'm in the top 225 or I am number 225 in the U.S. charts for management. I want to go from 225 to the top 50. So that's a measurable goal that I could have for starting a podcast. I would have fleshed that out by having a more broken down goal. So start a successful podcast with a measurable item attached, which would be to chart in the top 50, for example. Attainable. I I think that this goal in itself is attainable. And so if it weren't attainable, I would assign or share a different approach, but this is attainable for me because it's doable. It's a hobby. It's something that I can do at my free time, etc. Relevant. It's also relevant. This podcast is everything that I do. It's all about what I do in my career and even in my personal life and how I help friends and family. And so this is super relevant. So I've so far have the S, M, A, and R of the SMART goal criteria. And then the last is T for time-based. So when was I planning on starting the podcast? I wrote start a podcast, but actually what would have made it a better goal would have been to say start a successful podcast after grad school graduation. So instead of that initial goal, start a podcast, a better goal would have been start a successful podcast after graduating. And so that's how I suggest leveraging the SMART goal criteria. So actually I started writing down 2021 goals and I need to go back and assign the SMART goal criteria. So for example, one of, actually it's the first goal, which my wedding should probably be the first goal, but it's a given. So I didn't really see it as a goal, but I did write have the best wedding ever. So that's a, I think that's a goal that's attainable, measurable, specific, and all of the above. But the first goal that I wrote down was to be in the top 50 for management podcasts in the United States. So that's super specific, right? But now I need to figure out how time-based that is. So it's specific, it's measurable, it's attainable, it's relevant, but I haven't assigned a time to it. So do I want to do that within the full year or by the end of 2021? Do I want to do that in the first three months of 2021? Like what is my time-based criteria going to be? And so I'll flesh that out a little bit more offline. Um, But that is kind of how I would suggest you approach your personal and professional goals. So when it comes to the annual review process, Every company, I have never worked for a company that didn't talk about the SMART goal criteria. When you are getting into that process of having to think about what you did in 2020 and what you're going to do in 2021, write down everything. 
That is how I approach my annual review process. I write as many things as I can remember that I've done down. And through the year, I actually write down things that I've achieved because it actually is really hard to look back on all of those successes and achievements and remember them when it comes to the annual review. So if you haven't done that, writing down you know all of the achievements that you've had throughout the year, in 2021, I challenge you to do that. And I challenge myself to do that also. I will create a note for myself and hopefully use it as a way to remind you guys on my socials to constantly, maybe it's weekly or monthly, add to your personal notes around like what you've done and accomplished at work. So that come 2022, it's easy to look back on all of the achievements. In the annual review process, there's that look back period for the year before, and there's an assessment on performance, and there's an assessment on what you will be able to do in the coming year and what you will need to do in the coming year. So there are three parts there. First is the assessment of the previous year. When you assess yourself, really look at it pragmatically and non-emotionally. Try to take yourself and your feelings out of it because most achievement is very specific and very measurable qualitatively or quantitatively. So remember those elements of what your boss is going to look at. They're going to look at the qualitative measures and the quantitative measures and how well you achieved the goals, or the tasks at hand. Once you have all of your personal assessment of 2020 down, and it might not even be in the formal document at first, it might actually just be you closing out December with a look back on your year in preparation, which I encourage. Keep in mind that your your supervisor in the annual review may actually assess you a bit differently, but the good thing about you taking time to prepare for the annual review is that you are going to be able to have a discussion with your manager around their assessment and your personal assessment. So the second part of the annual review process, like I mentioned, is really the assessment of what is to come in the new year. What are the company goals? What are your supervisor's goals? And what are your goals going to be? So I encourage all of you not to wait for your supervisor to give you goals, but actually to come up with goals on your own. And this is something that actually we recommend to all of our employees during the annual review process because it really does um, make the conversation better and more productive and it encourages the buy-in from the employees. So when you are preparing for your annual review, you have that first part, which is the look back. You're going to get all of your preparation done, right? For like what you've achieved in 2020. You should also think about what goals you have for 2021. Again, ahead of when your supervisor or what your supervisor shares their goals are for you. But then finally, there needs to be an agreement on what's necessary. So that's where you and your manager will talk about the 2021 goals and achievements that are going to be critical to your performance and success in the company. And so making sure you're in agreement, making sure you're clear on what is being agreed on. Um, And actually part of this too, I think, is talking about where you want to be. So if you are in, maybe you've just completed your very first year at the company and you want to eventually see some growth or developmental opportunities, this is the time to talk about that. 
It's in this moment in the annual review that both managers and employees have an opportunity to lay out everything that they want, have a clean slate, talk about everything that they want to do differently, or just really say like, this is my goal in terms of like my role for next year. I want to be a manager. I want to be promoted. I want this or that. And in some cases, your manager will have already thought of that or have kind of prepared for your commentary or your thoughts. And they, it might really start a really productive conversation. In other cases, your manager might not have known that that was something that you wanted. And now this gives them an opportunity to leave the conversation and think about your development and your place in the company. So those are the three key elements, I think, to having a successful annual review process. And actually, as an HR professional, getting ready to kickstart the annual review process for our employees, I think about how I can hopefully make this process as easy as possible for our managers and employees, both in the field and in corporate. And we do a training, we, we kind of like launch the whole process, and we do talk about how the annual review process should be a conversation. Both parties should be prepared and talk about the things that were achieved, the things that need to be achieved, and anything else moving forward. And so if you are, maybe you've gone through an annual review process already with your manager, and it's not been that kind of dialogue or it hasn't been a conversation and that is something that you really want it to be, I encourage you to actually speak with your manager when the annual review is scheduled and say like, hey, I've put some thought into the annual review. I'd love for us to have a discussion and for it to be a really open dialogue. I have notes prepared, so I'm looking forward to our meeting. Um, That could be a really great way to kind of set the stage for kind of like taking control of what the review process is going to be like. Just keep in mind that there is going to be that assessment portion of your performance from the year 2020. So that is not always as much a conversation. However, if your manager shares their perspective and you don't agree, then certainly there will be a discussion there. But typically, I kind of take control of my annual review. I'm like, hey, thanks for, you know, setting this up. Here are all the things that I did. Um, Because I I just like the idea of being able to own my performance and own the things that I did well and didn't do well. And I think it actually just makes my boss's job easier. Um, So if you're an employee that has a take charge mentality too, then you can take this and run with it. Get yourself prepared And really lead that conversation because at the end of the day, the annual review meeting is for you, the employee. The manager is obligated to execute, but it's really for you. It's about your performance. It's about your goals and your developmental goals and achievements and opportunities. So take charge, have a take charge mentality. And while we are still closing out the year Certainly, if you're in a business similar to mine where there isn't a lot of opportunity to kind of sit down, step away from the goals and objectives day to day and actually do this, I encourage you to at least come back to it in January. Even if it's the conversation or the reminder that the annual review process is coming up from your company and that's the trigger for you to say, oh, I've got to start preparing, 
that's fine. But keep this in mind. Keep all of these points in mind when you do sit down to prepare or sit down to actually execute the annual review process. I'd be interested to hear from you guys what your annual review processes are like. Um, I don't have a lot of exposure to other companies and what they're doing. So if you have a really good annual review process that you really enjoy or appreciate, let me know. And conversely, if you really hate your annual review process, let me know that as well, because I think it could be something that we can come back to in a future episode or at least on Instagram, either through like a Q&A or just, you know, sharing through the stories. So to close out this episode, I wanted to share a personal anecdote that maybe will reach one of you, more than one of you, or at least someone that you know. Our mental health is always a discussion, but especially in 2020. And recently I was like, you know what? I should find someone who is not my fiance or my family member to talk to because everything is just so heavy. Everything is a priority. Everything is serious. The idea of the second wave being that much more intense, like it's looming over us. We know the implications. Like that is a lot to carry around every day. And if you're like me and being extremely safe, I'm not having contact with anyone outside of my fiance for the most part because I just don't want to risk it. I don't want my family to be implicated or compromised. I don't want my friend's health to be implicated or compromised. And that's really hard. I shared on a previous episode that I'm like super, super social. I have a very active social life normally, but I haven't really been able to have that in terms of face-to-face interaction. I encourage all of you to invest in your your personal and mental well-being. So the first thing that I did was kind of break down, okay, like what is it that I can actually commit to? And so I decided to take a look at my health benefits, and realized that I actually have really great options for therapy or counseling. And while none of us may need therapy, we all can benefit from therapy and just like having someone to talk to. So I hope that my vulnerability and my sharing this with you either encourages you to invest in your well-being or reminds you that maybe you have a friend who you haven't spoken to in a while, reach out. That's something that I'm doing to further commit to a better and healthier well-being. Take what you want from that message. Maybe you're already speaking to someone. Maybe you're speaking to your HR person. But keep in mind, even the HR people need someone to talk to. (laughs) So have a wonderful rest of your week. We are approaching the end of December. I have some really exciting guest interviews that I hope will launch in the next few weeks. So keep an eye out for that. And just remember that you can always reach me via email at podcast.hrtracy.com. You can follow me on Instagram at hrtracy. You can also go to my website, hrtracy.com. That's T-R-A-C-I, Tracy with an I. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and listen to all of the episodes right from there. Thank you guys all for helping me achieve this incredible goal that I set for myself. And I wish you a very great day. Thank you so much. See you next week.